Hello and welcome to this episode of the Daily Book Heaven Words podcast. I'm Father Stanislaw, and as always, it's a great honor for me to open the word with you. And uh, we continue to hear Jesus speaking to us uh, using a parable. Let's open our minds and our hearts to get ready to welcome the Word of God for what it is. God speaking to us and revealing himself to us. Let us pray. Almighty ever-living God, who in the abundance of your kindness surpassed the merits and the desires of those who entreat you, pour out your mercy upon us to pardon what conscience dreads and to give what prayer does not dare to ask. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to the chief priests and the elders of the people, Hear another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard, put a hedge around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a tower. Then he leased it to tenants and went on a journey. When vintage time drew near, he sent his servants to the tenants to obtain his produce. But the tenants seized the servants, and one they beat, another they killed, and a third they stoned. Again he sent another servant, other servants, more numerous than the first ones, but they treated them in the same way. Finally, he sent his son to them, thinking, they will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to one another, this is the heir. Come, let us kill him and acquire his inheritance. They seized him, threw him out of the vineyard, and killed him. What will the owner of the vineyard do to those tenants when he comes? They answered him, he would put those wretched men to a wretched death and lease his vineyard to other tenants who will give him the produce at the proper times. Jesus said to them, Did you never read in the scriptures the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone? By the Lord has this been done, and it is wonderful in our eyes. Therefore I said to you, The kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people that will produce its fruit. The Gospel of the Lord. As a church, as a family of God, as disciples of Jesus, we are taking another step and we are moving closer and closer to the Father, and we are learning from Jesus how to live our life as children of God. And it's quite remarkable, the things that we are learning, and probably, as some people were telling me, they are really challenging and very different from what we expect Christianity to be. We are learning from Jesus 
that what we must do is live in the confidence of what God has done for us. He has loved us so much that he has adopted us as members of his family. And we now live as the body of Christ. If you remember, not too long ago, uh, we talked about the importance of what we look at. Because whatever we look at determines our direction. You remember I drilled with that silly example of the bicycle. Said whenever you, you know, when you are on a bicycle, if you keep looking at the tree, you find yourself and the bicycle right at the tree, right? And we said it's important to always have Christ and Christ crucified before our eyes because that will determine our direction in life. And liturgically, we do that. We always have the crucifix in front of us. Uh, when we don't have restrictions, we have the liturgical procession starting with the crucifix because it is by following Jesus that we make it to the altar of God. Now we have been learning another thing, that in order for us to remain in the will of God, we also have to learn how to think as God does. You remember when Jesus told Peter, he said, get behind me, Satan, you're thinking as humans do and not as God does. Because whatever we think determines what we do. So if we think as humans do, what are we doing? Human things. We behave like every other person on earth. But if we think as God does as Christians, what do we do? We do what God does. And the challenge for us as Christians is exactly this. You remember when Jesus told us, whomever wants to be my disciples, you have to deny yourself, stop thinking as human beings do, pick up the cross, value what God values, love what God and who God loves in the way that God does, and move, constantly grow, follow me. And that's what we are. And we have been challenged to think as God does in very many difficult and different ways. For example, you remember we talked about forgiveness. We talked about respecting the dignity of the other. As we were meditating on the parable of the landowners that were constantly kept called, they, they were, the, the landowner kept calling the workers into the vineyard because he was respecting their dignity as workers. Challenge upon challenge, we are invited to change our mindset. Last Sunday, we heard Paul saying that for us to live is Christ. In other words, our life must become that of Jesus. That's who a Christian is. A Christian is a little Christ, but still connected to Christ nonetheless. And now we hear that the only way we can think in, a, think in a different way, as Paul reminds us in the second reading today, is to think about these things constantly. Always allow ourselves every single day to spend time in prayer, meditating on scriptures, so that we can be refreshed and continue to think as God does. Because that will determine the action. Let's go into the parable because it's a very challenging thing. And uh, last Sunday, we heard Jesus telling the 
chief priests and the elders, the super religious one. They knew that the people who were really in good standing with God. He said that the kingdom of God, that prostitutes and tax collectors were going into the kingdom ahead of them. Why? Because they got it. They got what God was doing. And they were willing to change their minds. Well, those guys were not. They remained stubborn in their ways, thinking that they were doing the right thing. And Jesus was saying, nope, you need to change the way you're thinking. And therefore, we see that sinners, the people that we think will never be in the kingdom of God, so think of whatever group of people you just can't stand. You know that they are not going to go to heaven. If they are good, they may make it to purgatory. Okay? Jesus is saying, those people are going, go, are going into heaven before you go. If you don't change the, your mind and do what God tells you to do. Now it's telling us something even more interesting. It's that the kingdom of God will be taken away from those people and given to a group of people who are willing to to create, eat fruit. Ugh. Let's find out what it means so that we will not be those kind of people. That, I don't want to be that one. Hopefully you will make the same choice. So, Jesus says, hear another parable. It's a command. We cannot avoid this one. So, let's enter. And we hear Jesus say, there was a landowner who had a vineyard. Well, between the first reading from Isaiah and the Psalm, we know that the vineyard is one of the most, the biggest metaphors that they had at that time uh, about the people of God. It was God himself saying, my people are my vineyard. You are my vineyard. And I'm going to take care of it. And he did a fantastic job taking care of it. In fact, in the parable, we have the same thing. The landowner has a vineyard, and what does he do? He protects it puts walls all around it, puts a wine press in it, a tower, so it will be defended. He's taking care of the vineyard so that the vineyard can produce, can thrive and produce fruit. Now, I told you that the vineyard was the people of Israel. They had a very strong collective identity. For us, in order to make the impact today, we have to say yes, the vineyard of the Lord is, we would say, the church. But also each one of us individually is the vineyard of the Lord as well. And what is God doing? Is giving us all that we need in order to thrive, in order to really live our life as children of God. We, he has given all that we need. But he has given it to us also as a collective identity. Not too long ago, I kept saying that I don't have it all together, but together I have it all. You understand? By myself, I cannot make it. I cannot do all that I need to do. But together, when I consider the whole parish, the whole body of Christ, I have all I need to do what we need to do. That is, to build up the kingdom of God on earth. And so is with you. By yourself, you don't have it all together, right? Do you feel that sometimes you struggle? But the idea is that together, understanding that all the gifts that we have together create all that we need to thrive. We are the dinner of the Lord. He has given us all that we need to produce good fruit. But sometimes we run into problems. Let's say he leads the vineyard 
two people, two workers, and says, do what you need to do to produce fruits. And that's the mission of the church. Our mission, to thrive, to produce fruits so that the blessings we receive are shared with the world and all people know that they are loved by God. It's not an option. That's what we need to do. But sometimes we run into this problem. We start thinking about things in a different way. And what happened? Well, those guys over there, they were entrusted with this beautiful vineyard. They start thinking that the vineyard was theirs. And they could do whatever they wanted with it. So when time came, they didn't want to share the produce. They want to keep it to themselves. Because, as original sin taught us, it's all about me. And when the church and I disagree, it's the church that needs to change. I'm good. All, it's always someone else that needs to change because it's all about me. That's the language of original sin. Okay. So what happens? The, the, the landowner wants the produce. It's his vineyard, right? And he keeps sending messenger, 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 and they treat them terribly. Why? They don't want to share. They think the vineyard is theirs. Sometimes we do that. Even in the church, we do that. We think that this is our thing, that we can do whatever we want. Uh, when it comes to belief, what we believe, I pick and choose. And if we disagree, again, the Pope has to change, not me. The gospel has to change, not me. Or maybe we just like one page of the gospel and ignore the rest, thinking that it's plenty. Even sometimes in the liturgy, we think that we can do whatever we want because it's our thing. Well, guess what? It's not our thing. We have to think in a way that is larger than just what I want. There is this mentality that the, the, these tenants are teaching us, say that if I don't get what I want, the church is not there. So if the church doesn't agree with me, I, you know, I don't go to church because uh, they don't agree with me. Uh, you know, this, it, it's always this tendency and this temptation of making everything up to me. But the challenge is to give the fruit to the owner. How can we do that? Well, Jesus told us that what we ought to do individually and as a church is to give him what he has given us. What do we receive from God? Jesus. What are we going to do with it? The prayer after communion today reminds us of something very, very important. So don't go away after communion because there is a very important prayer and you really, we really need to say amen to that one. We are telling God to remind us and to allow this thing to happen that we are, this is the quote, transformed into what we consume. Okay? This is the effect of the Eucharist. We are transformed into what we receive, what we consume. Whom are we receiving? It's not a trick question. Whom are we receiving? Jesus. Whom are we supposed to be transformed into? Jesus. Because we are the body of Jesus. So, this is what we ought to do. We come here, we receive Christ, we let Christ transform us into Him, 
And when we go out there, we give people what? Jesus. We give them what we receive in the way we receive it. It doesn't mean that we go out there and we give communion to people, but we become that host, that communion, that moment in which people can receive Jesus. Do you remember? It, this is an incredible responsibility, but also a wonderful opportunity for Christ to continue to do what he wants to do. A lot of people today spend more time and energy trying to figure out what is the right way of receiving communion, who's supposed to receive communion, who should not receive communion, rather than spend, those are important things, but never at the expense of, am I willing to live my life eucharistically so that people out there can feed off me so that I can be communion to them and make me a witness of the love that God has for all people. Love that leads us to death. Meaning sometimes we have to keep our mouth shut. Sometimes in order to love, we have to be quiet. In order to love and be more loving, we have to be more attentive to the needs of others. That's how God wants us to give him what we receive. So this is who a church is, what the church is. A group of people who come, receive Christ, are transformed into Christ, and give Christ. You come, you receive it, transform into it, and give it. Talk about big Church 101. This is who we are as a body of Christ. And this is the challenge that we must take this week, making sure that what we receive allows us to truly become more and more like Christ so that we can witness to all people that God loves them all. My goodness, this is very exciting. And today at this celebration, we have also a wonderful opportunity to celebrate the power of witnessing the transformation that is happening in us. We are going to celebrate the sacrament of uh, confirmation, and our brother here is inspiring us as he's taking his stand as witness to the world in the power of the Holy Spirit that all we're doing here is truly life-changing. And indeed, I hope and I pray that we not only look at him making this beautiful step, but we renew our own. So indeed, this will be a life-changing celebration for all of us. I hope you felt encouraged and inspired to say yes to the Word of God and put it into practice this week. I wish you well and I beg you continue to pray for all of us involved in the ministry of the world that we will be the first one to put it into practice and witness to all people that indeed the Word of God is a wonderful gift to all of us. Thank you.